Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello and welcome to really another podcast. I am your co-host John. I am Tim. And Sarah. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Comparing it to the original piece of shit Josh Whedon version. Mm. Which I'll probably get some hate for that, but you know what? I don't care. (laughs) And also we're going to be discussing Godzilla vs. King Kong. Well, I guess I should just say Godzilla versus Kong. He's still the king. So which one do you want to start with first? Uh, let's go ahead and start with... Um, let's go ahead and just trash Snyder. I mean, it's Snyder. Oh, my God. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I just woke up, guys. I am so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. I guess, I guess we'll, just, we'll discuss the Justice League yeah. Snyder cut first, then. Yeah, yeah. The proper one. Yes, the proper one. Y'all, y'all started off all. Mm. <laughs> She's like, I'll be over here. My corner is sulking. That's <laughs> so sorry. So my initial uh, impression is probably the same as everybody else's, which is that you know it's superior to the original theatrical cut of Josh Whedon's uh, um, uh, Frankenstein monster version of Justice League. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously because. Uh, Warner Brothers gave Snyder a little bit of extra cash, and the and the actors were able to come back to redo some of the scenes, or to um, not redo, or probably just uh, actually film extra scenes. Plus, uh, they were able to take what he had put together that wasn't in the original movie and put it back in and and re-edit it and add the CGI and so forth. It would end up being four hours long. So, but I think. If you're trying to create that kind of universe, you probably needed four hours in order to do it. Otherwise, it probably could have been, if it was originally going to be what he wanted, what his vision was, it probably would have been turned into maybe like two movies, a, a movie and then a sequel to it or something like that. Well, not only that, also, he also put it in order. Even if it wasn't four hours long, he still kept it in order and still told the story. Whedon's was just all over the place. It's just, bug, where'd this come from? And then you're just like, this came out of nowhere, this came out of nowhere. It was literally all thrown together, and you were lost throughout the entire thing. Snyder's like, no, this is how it happened, beginning to end. Here's your point A to point B. There, you can follow follow along. (laughs) Well, I'll play devil's advocate for just a little bit here on two points. One, that I think that um, on the pacing of the whole... DCEU, if that's what they're still calling it, 
I think that because DC was trying to to play catch up so fast with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they uh, they tried like with all right you have Man of Steel comes out and it's I think I thought it was an, an excellent movie and I actually just recently rewatched it and I saw more of the genius of it and and then the sequel to that presumably was supposed to be Batman v Superman and the the problem with that was that they were trying to rush putting the Justice League concept out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that was, it was too soon. They, they, you know, and then you didn't get much of a Batman v Superman fight versus what's in the comics. You got a very small amount of them actually fighting each other. And then it rolls into them having to team up. Um, so, <clears throat> and then, then you go to Justice League and then they, they bring out Justice League and, Again, like I said, playing devil's advocate, I think that what happened was that I know a lot of people don't like Josh Whedon's version of Justice League, but, you know, it's like if somebody else is doing the job and then you get brought in to take over yeah. and you're trying to weave together this this movie that has was like something like 70 to 80% already completed and you're trying to throw a little bit of your vision and also what Warner Brothers was telling him, like, make it funnier. You know, he's having to create something that's, you know, that doesn't really flow. Yeah. And so I can't really blame him to a degree. I think he, he accomplished what they asked him to do. This is true. It just did not work out because, you know, it's become very... It was too too blotchy. I think but... it's just become very symptomatic to what was happen, happening to movies mm-hmm. recently. No matter what the movie is, especially if it's a, a popcorn tentpole movie like you know comic book movies where they're putting they're throwing a lot of money into the project they're throwing a lot of money into especially relying more on cgi instead of actually practical effects and actually trying to develop a solid plot and storyline with the characters and the care and trying to develop the characters and when the when the studio puts that much money into a project then they start to get way too involved in it instead Mm -hmm. of letting the actors, the, the directors, the writers, create. the producers actually create the product. It's like when, you know, you're making a burger, you know, McDonald's Corporation doesn't come down to every restaurant and says, no, you're not doing that right. Let me show you how I want you to do the burger. It's like they just let the restaurants make the fucking burger. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, I think it's the same way with the movies. They should just let, they hire these people to do a movie. They trust it in their yeah. ability. They should just let them do their job. And, yeah, and the fact is that when they do, unfortunately, step in, everything gets rushed, and then they're just like, ooh, we got all these new toys, and we get to play this, and we can play that. And you're like, they're not your toys to play with. They're ours. You can watch. And nobody wants to sit and watch. And it's just, the movies are not as good as they used to be, because nobody wants to take that time to actually tell the story. And that's one thing I think everybody likes about Snyder, is the fact that, they got a chance to actually play and actually mm-hmm. create. It just came out very long, but we actually got more of a movie and was actually able to sit and enjoy. Well, I think that's the I think that's the trend you're going to start to see now. Is and it ha- has nothing to do really so much back. with the pandemic. Yeah, it's just people are going to be more comfortable with watching movies. In the comfort of their homes, so streaming is begun, going to become a thing, and a lot of people are worried about that because, you know, what about going to the theaters? What about the theaters? It's like, well, when VHS came out, 
Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Betamax and VHS came out in the late 70s, early 80s, people had the same argument. They're like, well, if people can watch movies at home, why would they go to a theater? Well, they were also paying $100 for a VHS tape. <laughs> right. Uh, until, until you got like Blockbuster and all these other rentals and mom and pop rental places. But the point is that they thought that as it proliferates, people are going to be wanting to just wait till the movie comes out on VHS or, or videotape. And they're never going to go to the theater. But the problem is, is that it, it, that didn't happen. People mm-hmm. still wanted to go to the theater to watch a movie. You know, it, now they may rent like you know some Woody Allen movie and, go, and watch that at home. They won't, might not go to the theater to watch that. But <laughs> that's a blast from the past. <clears throat> but you know, like one of those like m- movies that are like not a date movie or not a a major blockbuster kind of movie. You know, but you go to the movies to see those. You go to the theater to see those because you want to see it on the big screen. You want mm-hmm. to see all of its spectacle. They're splayed out in front of you, like really what big. And it's but still a way that all friends and family can still gather and sit and enjoy all at once. And I find it interesting that the um, theaters took, you know, that service to the um, to the courts because you know, straight to DVD, so to speak, versus mm-hmm. going to the theater. And the um, courts ruled in favor of, you know, home viewing, saying, you know, they can, it's their money, they can do what they want to. Same thing happened with today's court situation with instant streaming and straight-to-DVD, and the courts still ruled in favor of home theater. Because I think AMC Theater sued because of, well, AMC, AMC Theater sued HBO and, um... I want to say it was Netflix because they were trying to get the licensing rights for the movies to come straight to streaming so people didn't have to worry about COVID. And not even a week later, the case got thrown out for the same exact reason back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. But like the the latest, um, the... the, uh... <clears throat> the Black Widow movie is going to come out to Disney Plus, but you're going to pay a premium of $30 to watch it. Presumably. I think that's what I read was that, or heard, or, or saw, mm-hmm. is that you're going to pay, like if you want to watch yeah. it, you can watch it on Disney Plus, but you have to pay an extra $30 in order yeah, they, to watch they, it. They did the same thing with Mulan. Um, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, the, the yeah, live version of Mulan, they did yeah, the same they, thing. Yeah, it was $30 on, on Disney Plus, even though you had a subscription already. Yeah, and but I don't think that's the reason why Milan failed. I, I don't think it was because of the money. I think it was because uh, it probably just wasn't. I haven't watched it, so I can't really speak about it. But it probably just wasn't the the best uh, production. But but uh, the only reason I, why I'm against Black Widow is that movie should have come out three years ago, not after Endgame. Yeah, yeah. I would have. I would have been all for it three years ago. I would have watched it, but now the Endgame's over. We're off to a new cinematic ordeal. I, it's no offense to it's no offense to her. I just don't care about it now. Well, it's just like they had when the when the latest Spider Man movie came out. Uh, Spider Man was a Far From Home. That yeah, was yeah. like supposed to be the last movie of the latest phase, and it's like that doesn't make any sense. It should have been in game. Should have been the, the last movie of the mm-hmm. latest phase of the MCU. And so it's like, you know, why are you tacking on this last movie that you probably should have, you know, that that could have actually been the beginning of the new phase instead of the old the the, the previous one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of these things that they do don't make sense. And I think it's just them trying to squeeze something in at the last minute. And it's the same thing with Black Widow. That's a movie that should have been made and and put out, like you said, maybe about three years ago. Uh, so now it's it's suffered the fact that it's been delayed. And now it's, if you're going to watch it, 
This is also where the big wigs has stepped in saying, no, no, this needs to go first and this needs to go first. Everybody else is like, no, you don't understand. This needs to come first because then it will make sense. And mm-hmm. That's where people are poking their nose where they I mean, belong. I, I think it's probably going to be a movie that's going to be worth watching. Um, it's just going to be massively I, I think I talked about this before where that's how, how these studios are going to make mm-hmm. back the money that they put into these movies instead of just simply paying... The regular monthly subscription to watch movies on streaming services you're going to pay a premium to watch a new movie that comes out like thirty dollars twenty dollars because what they're factoring in probably is how many people are going to be watching this movie at home on tv you know you can have a family of people maybe three or four people maybe a whole room full of people and instead of it being everybody paying for a ticket at the theater at once to go see this movie you know one person you know it's like you're going to have you're going to pay one flat rate and then it doesn't matter how many people are actually watching it, so they're kind of compensating for that, which is fine. Yeah. I think, you know, of course, once you pay it, you'll probably be able to watch multiple times if you want to. But going back to the the, the Snyder Cut for Justice League, um, that's why I think you're going to start to see things probably go more towards streaming because whereas the difference between TV and movies is TV kind of limits you, or even if it's on, on HBO or some streaming service where you know you're not really limited on what you can put in what kind of content you can put into it Mm -hmm. whereas regular network tv you are and uh i think taking a movie and turning it into a four-hour movie on streaming on a streaming service works because you can pause it Mm -hmm. you can go back to it you don't have to watch the whole thing all at once in one sitting that and also you don't have to also and also if it was in the movies you still had your intermissions, but you you don't have that time limit. Right. Like, so it kind of gives it kind of gives them some room freedom. to play a little bit more and actually extend the story more to make it probably more in a way sort of episodic. Uh, either you can watch it all at once, where you you know like binge binge watching, or mm-hmm. you could watch the whole thing. Uh, so it gives them a little more freedom on time. They don't have to feel like they have to bring the story down to a more condensed level in order to make a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. They can make a four-hour movie And unfortunately, the pandemic has trained a lot of us to be master at binge-watching. Well, I was <laughs> binge-watching way before there was a pandemic. Oh, I understand, but we just kind of like dust off our skills. I mean, a lot of people have mastered us again. How the hell do you think I got caught up on The Walking Dead and, and Breaking Breaking Bad? <laughs> binge watched the hell out of those things until I caught up to the latest seasons that, that were on at the time. Ugh. I was binge watching before they even had a, a fucking term for it. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. When we were, um, when we were watching the, um, the Rick, well, Whedon's version last night, there's one thing I didn't notice until until you, they brought him on on, on camera, the um, redesign of Steppenwolf. Oh yeah, the Whedon's, Whedon's version. He looked like a bad cosplayer, so to speak. <laughs> and then Snyder's version, the dude looks like a freaking chrome medieval knight, so to speak. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, that was one of the, the points of contention they had about the original Justice League was was Steppenwolf's uh, look, uh, his CGI look in the uh, original movie, the, the theatrical release, how it just didn't seem to, it didn't seem to work. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it seemed to be unfinished or something. And it probably was, again, going back to the fact that they, there was a movie that they were creating and the original director had to bow out because of family issues and they had to go back and, and finish this movie in a hurry. And not all of the, the, they didn't have that time of like, well, we've got time to work on this and actually make it work. And, but with Snyder, they had more time to go back and, and actually fix it the way they wanted to, the way it needed to be done. I think it was like I, I should have set set my timer when I was watching it last night, but it feels like a good twenty minutes of Whedon's version was completely different from the um, from the beginning of the movie versus um, Schneider's. Because I remember when when we watched it last night, you know, it starts off on the roof with um, Batman going up against that person trying to lure out trying to lure out the bug for a better term for it that was one of the things that i remember when i watched it the first time saying like where the hell did this alien creature come from mm-hmm. because it's right there in your face there's no there's no there's no you know explaining where the um creature came from what he's doing there and then the storyline is completely completely spotty of until they get up to you know the Introduction of the um, Aquaman ordeal, whereas in Snyder's version, the very beginning of the movie is showing where Superman was dying. Then they bring in Aquaman later on, and then it's um, and the Amazons where they're checking where they're you know the mother box finally wakes up for the first time. I was like, my God! I was like, Snyder's version, storyline wise. Is making so much more sense because it was put in order like it was yeah. supposed to. Because you don't see the you don't see that mm-hmm. bug creature until the until Steppenwolf comes out. I mean, you know, comes from the mother box, and then all the minions following. And the only other big difference is because there's two things I noticed from the biggest thing is um, from from uh, difference between like Snyder and Whedon's. Whedon's at the beginning when Batman was trying to realize like there's a certain sound. That bother them, but also when he had them pin, um, when he had a pin and you know just had them pin for a little bit, and then the bugs just kind of like exploded. I'm sorry, all you had to do was just get a big old net, and he could have captured a ton of them, watch them explode. It'd been the easiest, um, you know, way to, yeah. to to win the fight there. But I just, I don't know. Like fishing for bugs, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, but also, um, but also Snyder. They uh, Batman never worried about like the certain sonar sound to kill the bugs or to aggravate them per se. But also, you didn't have to worry about that um, that that family because yeah, yeah, yeah. In Weed's version, the Russian family is in there for a good little bit. Well, in Snyder's version, they're where Steppenwolf. Um, well, Steppenwolf's plot to take over the world. Was different in both movies. Yes. Completely different. And also when in uh, Whedon's version, the um, the place where they held up was had no population at all. No. No, you got that backward. <laughs> yeah. Snyder's had the no population at all. Whedon had to worry about the families that um the family was there, which I'm sorry that still made like no sense. 
like I said, one of the the only thing that made remote. Well, so you can have that hero moment. Yeah, it was like yeah, it's like a it's like a a rule of superhero movies where somebody's got to get saved. Got to do the hero move. You got to do the hero um, leap and destroy your knees. Everybody's gonna be taking Advil later. Like we get it. Yeah, besides me being biased and being a huge ass Batman fan, I I mentioned this last night watching the movie. I was so happy with how much more Cyborg got used in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, he was actually intelligent and knew everything that there was to know about the mother box because how it was affecting him or whatnot. If you learn from it, yeah, he was a little lost at the very beginning because he was still getting used to his new body. But he did—he wasn't so slow to learn it. He actually took the time to actually learn himself and learn all his capabilities. And there was a good, there was a good six or seven minutes in, in the Snyder Cut where he, you know, they're questioning the mother box, and he explains in vivid detail about what's going on, and that's where they learn about everything they need to know about Steppenwolf, and then Diana <laughs> explains everything that Batman. Yeah, and that's, the, that's the one thing the, I didn't like that. And Wings, when she went to go for the fire, you never they never showed her, you know, actually finding that secret room that explained everything, which was the whole point. It was my phone. The whole point of sending the warning. So that way she can learn, hey, this is what's going on. <laughs> you never, they never showed that. So it's like, how does she know this information? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think it makes sense that Cyborg would be more of the pivotal character in Justly because he was created by the Mother Box. Yeah. By one of the Mother Boxes. So he would have, he would intuitively have the the knowledge, the more in-depth knowledge mm-hmm. because of his cybernetic brain that was created by the Mother Box to understand its its history, what it, you know, what it was trying to do, you know, like having sort of that mysticism that was built in automatically into yeah. his mm-hmm. synopsis. So... That's why trying to shift it to where Cyborg had more of that that centralized characterization worked for the Snyder Cut versus the uh, the the other uh, Josh Whedon's yeah. uh, version. And but that's where, like I said before, it's like you know turning a, a two-hour movie into a four-hour movie mm-hmm. helps because they were able to expand more on it, put more into it, and actually kind of compensate for the fact that they haven't made any more movies by actually expanding on it more. And explain how the characters know what they know. The only problem I had with the Snyder Cut was that there was just certain sequences that were a little too long in the movie. I can agree with that. There were certain sequences that, you know, like with the the women singing as Aquaman was going back into the... Yeah, that was the the only one I was like... You know, it's it's great as far as like, you know, if you want to hear the scene, but it it just kind of pushes the the runtime a little longer than it needs to on, on certain scenes. And like Superman at the very beginning when Superman is dying and he's sending out that signal, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that that was a little, just a tad contrived. I mean, I understand that they were trying to use that as to set up why the mother boxes would have been activated in order to send out a signal to to uh, to Steppenwolf and that's to still, Dark yeah, that, could, that still could have happened, but it didn't have to go on quite as long. It, didn't it just have needed to go a on... one good, it needed that one good scream and then... Not necessarily show like everything, but just that one where it shows where it hits the mother box, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I don't think they needed to go with the wave <laughs> across yeah. the planet where it it 
each mother box that's like uh, in Atlantis and in. It just needed a show where it hit the Amazon one, and then it would have made sense. Oh, if it hit the Amazon, yeah, you know, it hit it hit all since, of them. Yeah, especially since that was the first one that was activated. It would have been it would have been self-explanatory yeah category. it yeah. just needed to hit that one show that it hit that that one initial wave and then it showed that it woke up that one and then it was like common sense would have told you that one woke up because of that obviously it's going to send a signal to the other ones so it's mm-hmm. like yeah. hey we're alive again <laughs> but look i mean all i was saying was that i think if there was a a deficit to the movie mm-hmm. it would have been that it was that it was just that some of these sequences that went a little too long mm-hmm that could have been done maybe a little bit better or not even been necessarily included. And it would have brought the runtime down a little bit more. But, uh, again, you know, it I, it just, um, you know, it's just stuff in there that, like, this really doesn't progress the story. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, it's kind of window dressing. He has a chance, yeah, he has a, a chance to add that little bit. Right. But, overall, uh Snyder's was better in the sense of it really flowed, told a story, and you could tell it wasn't rushed by any means. But I wonder if they're going to do anything with the um, with the the post scene where in the um, I want to say I want to say the scene was originally in um, Batman vs Superman. <laughs> where, it shows, where it shows, you know, where it shows him, you know, like the the desert metropolis is completely dead and whatnot. You know, he's in that, you know, he's in that duster. The Mad and then, Max, and then scene. it shows, yeah. For, 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 <laughs> that's probably that's probably a, the best way to describe it. But then you know, Jerry Lee tells Joker shows up out of nowhere, and oddly enough, with that half-assed beard, <laughs> I don't even know what that was. But then, um, you. But you'd learn they're trying to hide from um, Superman. Superman because you know, he, apparently he's going, you know, purebred evil. Batman did something to Lois. That's my guess. Probably. But that that scene explained a whole lot more versus the original one where it just shows him hiding. And you hear someone talking in the background. You'd have no idea who the fuck it is because they don't pan to it. But it was a good 10 minutes of story right there that you were completely lost in the original one. I'm just mm-hmm. like... I was like, now this makes so much more sense. <laughs> well, I guess you have to kind of look at it. Okay, so why was it in there? Why did, did was that post credit scene thrown in there? Because if the, in Batman v Superman it was a presumably a, a dream slash premonition, mm-hmm. and then it would go back to that in this movie. You know, you have to wonder. Okay, is that going to actually happen, or is because again he wakes up. You know, Bruce wakes up and. You know, mm-hmm. and everything. So, is it another premonition, or is it just a dream, or you know, is that supposed to be like some? There's supposed to be some payoff. Oh, she's actually oh, got. Oh, a, she's oh, actually got a really okay, good theory. Okay, so okay, in Whedon with Lois. Okay, she's back at work. Okay, <clears throat> she's still going through a moment, but she's back at work. Yeah, she's hardly morning okay, at all. In Snyder, she's in morning. She's not gone back to work, and the only thing that got her back to work was um. What's his name? Who transformed into Martian Man, Martian Man yeah, was you know turned into Clark's mom to talk to her and everything. There was a little thing if when she went to go for her badge, 
there was a pregnancy test in her um in her drawer mm-hmm. in the Snyder's. Okay, you never see that in the Whedon ones at all. Not saying that she was, but you could tell that they were trying. So theory is my theory is because that's what got her back to work. But um, my theory is is that she got pregnant. Whatever fever dream or whatever that Bruce did killed the baby and either put Lois in a um, coma or killed both of them. And of course, you know, Superman ain't having that. Okay, but I'm, I, mean, I, can't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know. see where that is connected with, with uh, Batman. Because something, I don't know, some. Something happened to where they had to work together, but either one way or another, Batman's plan hurt Lois and and the baby, and turned um and if if um Batman ever did what he did, that's what turned Superman evil. Well, I think if if you listen carefully, Jared Leto's Joker yeah says that he was supposed to protect her and he he didn't do it. He failed to yeah. do it. And she suffered so. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. I don't know. I, I, I don't read the Lois, comic, so like I, think, I, I don't know how far off I am, but I, th- I I got what I took from it was that was that Batman had was charged with protecting Lois, maybe even protecting yeah. Lois and Superman's child, and he failed, mm-hmm. and she was killed, or maybe both were killed, and that's why Superman turned because. Uh, that's why Lois is the key because mm-hmm. you know when, when she dies, Superman feels like you know obviously you know I have nothing left, so I'm gonna just completely go absolute freaking anni- annihilation on this world. Yeah, it turns into bright burn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I I think that the sequences one I think it helps to pay off bringing the Joker back into it, but I also think it's 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 uh, it's a, a plot key to try to show this is a possible future, but it may not necessarily be what's going to actually mm-hmm. happen. Um, but it, it's great to look at. But yeah. I think that it's it's setting up where there's there's this you know, it, it it it's redirecting the audience to believe that this is going to happen, so that when they go back, if mm-hmm. they do another movie, it's kind of like you know the audience knows okay you know. Here's the the here's the the uh, the storyline that could have some major consequence, so the audience knows that. So what they're being built up to to f- see in a future movie is where's that key point? Mm-hmm. Where's that that point of of desperation that's going to to uh, you know is it going is that going to happen mm-hmm. or are they going to avoid that? It's, or it's amazing how if you are allowed that time to actually. Put in certain little details, like honestly, because if you watch Josh Whedon's version and you see the aftercut and everything, you're you're going to be completely lost. But versus Snyder, all it takes is that one little box, and you're just like people who pay attention, like oh, <laughs> that alone is a whole nother storyline, good or bad. That that one little box just opens up a whole nother storyline. And seeing the cutscenes, you're like, okay, that's a possibility. Because, you know, if she gets pregnant, child's going to have some type of powers. Although I did hear that I think that Superman was supposed to... Superman's baby was not supposed to have any powers. He's actually going to be powerless and actually become the new... Supposed to take over for the Batman helm from Bruce Wayne. That's 
I had heard that somewhere. That makes sense, that too. Video. <clears throat> it looks like Brody from Mall Rats is going to be furious right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't agree with that because I, I think, you know, you can't be part Kryptonian and not have, and, and live on Earth and not have some kind of abilities because, yeah. you know, and just like Superman, it's like this child is going to be born um, half Kryptonian and and just be able to absorb the sun's radiation like for so many years and actually develop these powers very early and probably actually be able to mask them even better than Superman. I'm trying to figure yeah. out what the proper term would be. Would it be beta or hybrid? So I know I know, I know in, some, um, in some movies or comics it's called like a beta human, some it's called a hybrid human. Um, I think in the case of that it would be a hybrid because if you have a child that's born of, of Kryptonian and human, it's a hybrid. You've got an alien and the human DNA that's a hybrid. But uh, um, what'd you call it? Beta. A beta human mm -hmm. is would be more like someone who actually was, would, would be a creature that actually existed or through a lineage of DNA actually existed on Earth, but because of whatever their, that lineage comes from, you know, they actually are from Earth, but but possess the ability to have like something tapped into to have yeah like you know like Wonder Woman would be beta, beta because she actually existed on earth her you know her uh, ancestry or lineage is from earth where originally it comes from we don't know because you know it, it goes into the mythology of the gods the great yeah. gods or any yeah. gods so they have these abilities but where they come from you know did, did at some point they come to earth from another area and, and eventually uh, became the gods to humans or did they actually were they actually created on earth and, and ended up having special abilities so that's you know you have to go like so deep into the mythology of things that it would just take you down such a, a very cra crazy rabbit hole yeah, red pill versus blue pill <laughs> <laughs> now the, to get back to the Joker thing I a lot of people gave Jared Leto such a such bullshit about you know how he he portrayed the Joker, and again that's I think another, he did great. That's another situation where in in the original Suicide Squad, I think that they they limited his ability to actually do it the way he needed to. But I think at the same time, where he went wrong was that he was trying to portray the character very close to Heath Ledger's version from uh, from the Dark Knight um, trilogy. Yeah. Um, However, this version of, of the Joker from the dream sequence at the end of the movie was actually much better. I liked it much better. I thought he did a really good job. And he's really the only actor who's played it twice now. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's completely right. He's the only actor that's played that, that part multiple times, other than, of course, Cesar Romero in the Batman series. But nobody really counts that, <laughs> the Batman series. But as far as cinematically... He's the only person that's actually managed to play the Joker twice. I think he actually did good. I didn't really care for like the whole gangster look per se, but that's as for his, trying to reimagine the character. Yeah, but as for his, the way he was able to portray in his acting, he did beautifully because I, I think he I think he harnessed it. He really did, like Heath Ledger, because everybody thought it was like he's not gonna be able to do this, and he harnessed but, yeah, it. He fucking owned it and mm -hmm. i think um leto's yeah. leto's was like a to me a perfect blend of the two ledger and nicholson yeah i mean he had he had the he had the he had the attitude of ledger's joker 
but he had similar to the style of Nicholson's. Mm-hmm. The only thing that the, the only thing that bugged me honestly with Lido's version, it wasn't his acting; it was the tattoos. Yeah, that's the whole gangster yeah. part. That was not, that was overkill. Which you didn't see in in yeah in this version. Which means they were probably the painted on. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, possibility. But but yeah, outside of that, I mean. I want to see, it's probably not going to happen because, you know, how the internet is, you know. But I would like to see more, more Leto as Joker. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got, he's got, the, he's able to do the voice. He's able to do the little quirks, you know, that, that is Joker. He could do the laugh. I mean, honestly, everybody needs to give him a try. I mean, also, seriously, give him a try. And also, DC needs to stop listening to Rotten Tomatoes, because, my God. <laughs> I don't think they pay attention to what the fans say. They just refresh Rotten Tomatoes every 20 seconds to read the reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, again, that goes back to what I was saying before, is the studios, they, they are executives. They are bean counters. They, they, they look at what... You know, they, they see where the money goes, where the money flows. You know, they they don't look at, they don't listen to the the, the fans, like what WWE. the fans want to see, what the fans <laughs> understand. You know, it, it you know, like I said, the the comic book industry, Marvel, DC, and so forth. They built up these stories, these storylines, and these these uh, characters over the course of so many decades, and the fans have have really responded to that. Otherwise, they would have folded years ago. And then now they made these. They're starting to make these movies and taking elements from the comics and putting them into these movies in a way that probably flows a little less campy, and hopefully a little more concrete. But if they listen to what the fans want to see and what makes sense, instead of just simply letting just a few reviewers trash a movie because they just want to get likes and subscriptions on YouTube or whatever platform they have on the internet. Uh, you know, uh, if they listen to the people that actually want to watch these movies instead of people that just want to trash them because, you know, they're getting, you know, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, getting some airplay because of, you know, just trying to trash something, I think that they would do so much better. There's, <clears throat> there's one rumor that I've been reading a lot lately on the internet, and I swear I hope it is just a rumor, but it's that, D- that um, Disney is considering buying DC Comics. There's no way that would happen. <laughs> I mean, you've got two... Disney uh, uh, can uh, be I dark. Mean, apparently, apparently... DC's a whole nother dark. Apparently, DC's like in tri- apparently, financially, DC is in trouble of going under. And if Disney were to buy it, they ain't got to worry about that. Well... Here's the thing. I think if Disney, I mean, I think if if DC would pull their collective heads out of their asses and actually go back and make more movies like they did with the Snyder Cut and actually continue the story of Justice League and actually expand on some of the other characters like The Flash and some of the others and make the standalone movies and actually start to build its universe and actually do the movies the way they're supposed to be done, they would actually see a massive turnaround in Mm -hmm. DC immediately. Yes, and also like... Another that was another difference between the two movies. In um, Snyder, the Flash was confident. He was still quirky, but he was confident. He was yes. ready to actually own his powers and help. Versus in Whedon, he was a little. 
He was a little pussy. Kind of weaselly. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's why he was, he was, they tried to turn him into, in the Whedon version, to try to turn him into the comic relief. What? To try to, you try to weave in that, um, weave the Whedon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Into, into the movie. Hashtag, weave the Whedon. (laughs) Into, uh, you know, the movie to kind of create that, that comic atmosphere. Well, he, he already was that comic relief and his little, his little snide remarks and everything, but that's just how he was. But instead of, oh no, there's a pug, he was like little piglet. <laughs> he was. He turned into a piglin. You're just like you know. You're just gonna go over there and turn into bacon. Just, just, just stay. <laughs> we will call you when we really need you. Not to mention the fact that the Flash is very pivotal to a lot of storylines because of the fact that he is able to go faster than speed of light. He's able to actually help open up the multiverse. Oh yeah, and John and I also do, um, talked about this. Okay, and the one I admit that was very epic because. Everyone knows that Superman has all these powers, but no one knows exactly at the time, you know, really knows the intent of how much power he really has. So when the Flash is the first time actually, you know, using the speed and Superman stops and looks at him, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, he had, but, that, he had that look of, wait, he can see me. He can how see me. Yeah. Possible? Yeah. possible. But, yeah. you know, it's a very, like, whoa moment. But when you see the Snyder version and see that, you know, the Flash is actually confident and actually in his powers and everything. The first time he actually meets Superman like that and he sees it, it's more like, wow. Versus um, versus Josh's version, it's like, it just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's all. It, it just felt because he was just a little weaselly little thing. And then when you see it, it just, it just ruined that whole moment. Versus when you see the Snyder moment, you're just like, oh, game changer. Mm-hmm. See. You let the people have their time to actually tell the story and actually like create like you pay them and want them to do. You get those moments. I don't think Disney will be able to buy no. uh, the DC from from Warner. It, those DC and Warner have been tied in for so many years, and that's not a problem. I mean, unlike Fox, where Fox was probably failing, so allowing Disney to come in and and and. To be fair, I don't think Disney bought all of Fox. I think they bought a very uh, large, large percentage of Fox. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have some controlling uh, ability with Fox now, and and are able to tap into their their library of TV shows and movies and so forth. But but Warner Brothers is a behemoth. Uh, they're like on the same level as Disney. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, if you wanted to like create a superhero that represents DC, maybe Batman, Superman. And one of since Disney, it's like mano y mano. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know the biggest drag out fight. Honestly, yeah. Disney know. honestly does not need to go nowhere near. And honestly, I'm sorry. DC mm. does their own has their own way of killing off parents. They are they are set. Disney does not need need to help. <laughs> I'm sorry, Disney. I'm s- and one of the one of the prerequisites to being a Disney princess is that your mom has to die, <laughs> or your parents have to die. Are you a princess? Yes, I am. Do you have both your parents? Mm. So I guess, I guess that means that if if Disney were to buy DC, that means that Superman would become a Disney princess because <laughs> his parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't say Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that name? <laughs> She was my mother too. No! <laughs> I 
was always like, I had stepbrothers go through my freaking head. But we just become best friends. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> or you could take like uh, Chris Farley's uh, uh, line from uh, Tommy Boy. Brothers have got a hug. <laughs> <laughs> So, what'd you think of Godzilla versus Kong? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's not here. Go ahead. Uh, I didn't like it as much. I I I, I barely liked the first movie because uh, it was only eleven minutes of of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. I liked the second movie because there was much more of it, and I, and even though the help the human element, the storylines. Uh, kind of interfere with it as a monster movie goes like that I still thought it was superior to the first movie uh, and this movie I think alright when I was watching it I was sitting there thinking I was like what does this remind me of and it finally clicked on me I was like this reminds me of Batman v Superman it's like it follows almost the same mm -hmm. story beats uh, where you have two diametrically opposed characters that start off not liking each other and fighting, eventually fighting each other, until they decide to actually work together against a common enemy. Yep. So, because when when Mega Godzilla Mega Godzilla showed up, it was like, oh, that's Doomsday. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. It was one of the I things was, that I was legitimately pissed when Mega Godzilla showed up. I was like, oh, god damn it. Um, I, it's just one of those movies where I think it got it's gotten hyped up so much that I think it it just failed. To live up to its uh, its lineage, yeah, to its it heritage. was completely all hype to me. Yeah, it was overhyped. I think that the character that uh, Millie Bobby Brown played was not needed in the movie. I think that her character was was made more cartoonish uh, versus the, her her character in the second movie. I felt like the second movie was more. The first movie was grounded. The second movie was more grounded, and this third movie was sort of like a the scraps. It was sort of like the scraps. It was sort of uh, a more cartoonish version of what it should have been. So, I mean, and, you know, again, it's just one of those movies that becomes so... And it has to because, you know, nobody wants to see Godzilla and King Kong in a, a suit fighting yeah. each other like the original movies. But it's just another one of those movies that has become more too, way too reliant and, and has to on CGI. Uh, so it, it just takes mm -hmm. away something into it. Just it just didn't seem as grounded. And I mean, you know, the the, the character at the very beginning of the movie, the guy that was the conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. You know, I I thought that again, just like with the original Justice League, they were trying to play that group of individuals, that little team up of the two teenagers and him as a comic yeah. relief in the movie that wasn't needed. You know, this is supposed to be a serious movie about two titans going at each other. And why they would, and I think that just kind of took away from it, and it didn't make any sense to me. It was, mm -hmm. it was a a, a a subplot that that and the ending was the ending was so watered down. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, it was a subplot that had it it didn't do anything for the movie, and then for them to go to the way they went to Middle Earth didn't make any sense either. 
And like I said, the, the vehicles they used was too contrived. It was too convenient mm-hmm. to have anti-gravity vehicles. She made, she made a good point talking about, the, talking about going to Middle Earth. It felt like they added um, the movie The Core into that, into that shit. Yes, thank you. Thank yes. you. I was like, where's Hot Pocket? <laughs> I was just waiting for it. I was just waiting for it. Because as, as, as soon as they were you know, describing about you know, going to Middle Earth and what it did, she was like, wait. This is the core. Why are they adding all this shit into it? I was like, "Fuck, you're right. I didn't think about that. Good catch." Yeah. I mean, it was just straight up like. I don't That's know. what I saw too. I saw I saw elements of the core the way they were talking about it. It was like three movies squished into one. But I mean, it, it again. It, it's. I mean, I understand it. It's make believe and everything, but even make believe has to be grounded in some form of reality. And the reality is, is that the Earth does not have a hollow core. It can't possibly have a hollow core. Now you can have tunnels inside the earth mm-hmm. you know that could be a hollow earth but is that is that as far as actually going towards the core that's the core and a whole the other from. world under it yeah and then you know you get there and it's like this temple looking place and it's like well who built this did king kong's relatives build it did godzilla's relatives you know yeah. the thing about godzilla is godzilla was supposed to be the the result of all the atomic testing on the planet mm-hmm. you know and the one thing they have not been able to still get right is they do not know how to measure. Because one minute they're both like, mm, just under the skyscraper. Next minute they're over the skyscraper. Next minute they're about midway. It's like... There's one point in the middle they were the exact same size of each other. And then like 20 minutes later, King Kong is fucking 40 stories taller. Yeah, and so how, how do they... Which like, I understand Godzilla will, you know, radiations and stuff, you know, he'll grow. But it's like, how did one minute... Tom could fit on this massive ship to, out of nowhere, he's three times female. Just Well, because when you look at it, you're like, okay, these ships were probably just shy of, if you stood them up in the end, it would be just shy of a regular skyscraper. But then in certain scenes, King Kong is almost as tall as some of the skyscrapers, like in Hong Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in others, he's smaller to be able to fit on the ship or to actually cro- climb one of the, one of the, one of the buildings. And then, of course, you could say, well, some are taller than others, yes. Yeah. But it's also like when you start in the water, it's like one minute, it's ankle deep, and you're just like, you know they're in the very, very, very deep, and the next minute they're in the same spot, and I know it's up to her neck. You're just like... But then it was like, well, why is God, why is Godzilla coming after them? And it's like, at the very beginning of the movie, you can see where there's, there's this device that, that he was actually after. Because when he, when he uh, threw out his atomic breath to actually slice into the building there was this you know the the conspiracy guy actually saw some kind of device that was there mm-hmm. so you're like okay well maybe that's why he's coming after it's something that's calling to him that he's needing to destroy or try to get to but then eventually when they go back to the facility it's gone yeah but that still didn't explain why why godzilla was going after kong or going after the the uh going after the the uh, fleet of ships that was in the middle of the ocean trying to get to antarctica to go to the middle yeah because when obviously the beacon that was really calling him was completely in the opposite direction. Right. It wasn't even on that ship or anything. Now, if it had yeah. been on that ship hidden somewhere, that would have made sense. Yeah. But it didn't make any sense. for. There was no motivation for why Godzilla would attack them. And so that was missing. Um, of course, people could say, well, because, you know, he was going after Kong because he's another Titan, you know, and Godzilla's supposed to be king of the monsters, so it's always a, you know, like, who's going to be the alpha? This but is there's, true. But there's still no motivation for why he would go after because if that was the case then he still would have found him when he was in captivity exactly even if he was hidden the fact that he was still there 
he still would have found them because the same thing with the the mega because he, he would have gone to Kong, he would have gone to Skull Island a long time ago to try to confront Kong. Yeah, though mm. they had you can clearly <coughs> see that they had their truce because he was in his world, he's in theirs. Mm-hmm. They're not touching each other. They're like okay, but until you till we cross paths, then. But they still never cross paths intentionally, and I, yeah, they 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 stretch. Up there. This is where it's good thing Justin's not here. <laughs> I, I haven't heard from Justin what his thoughts were on the movie. The only thing he told me was he goes, "Yeah, he goes. I've already watched it fifteen times." I was like, "Jesus!" Wow. I couldn't watch that movie, but the one time, he was like, "I love." I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just it's another one of those movies that you're like, "Okay, way to go, Warner Brothers. You fucked this one up too." Uh, you know, um, there was one thing that. It was only, for me, it was only semi-explained. But in the trailer that we first saw, the whole reason why I didn't even want to watch this movie to begin with was I thought Kong had created that axe out of his, um, out of his, um, uh, One of his fins, yeah. And then when he goes to Middle Earth and he magically finds it and whatnot, I was like, okay, he did make it. He wasn't that intelligent. That makes me feel better. But yet he still looked, oh, there's the same imprint. Let me put it here. Conveniently, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the other axes, I think, I think that's just it's become a victim of like trying to write, trying to take something and trying to write stuff into it instead of it having a, a regular linear flow of a plot. They have to create these contrivances in order to push things along or to try to uh, try to fill in these plot holes that they can't figure it's, out how to. It's how also to fix. like one of those movies where if you did not. If you want to wear the series, if you if this was like a brand new, you're like, oh, these are new characters. I'm sitting there and watched it. It's a good movie. But if you are aware of, you know, the history and everything else and like storyline of, you're just like, what the hell happened? I mean, I could agree. I mean, you know, there are probably kids who are watching the movies mm-hmm. and enjoying them for what they are, just for the the, the pure spectacle. And but if you're older and you've you've, you've seen the some of the original. Mm-hmm. King Kong, Godzilla movies, or even if you are aware of, you know, how these, these characters have developed over time over the last 50, 60 years, you know, it, it's it's harder for you to, to buy into what they're doing now. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people can say the same thing about Star Wars. I'm not trying to go back to Star Wars, but there are people, there are adults now that grew up on the, tri- on the prequels and love yeah. them. You know, that's their Star Wars. My Star Wars, of course, is the original trilogy from the 19... 19- 70s and 80s so anything beyond that i see as like kind of like built into the the the, the world but not really as good as you know i feel like it could have been or should have been but I, I can also go back and look at the original trilogy and see where it has issues too yeah especially with the first one where george lucas you know directed it and mostly wrote that one but but so it's the same thing it's like what you grow up on what you, you you watch as when you're young, you see it through different a different lens as you get older. Mm-hmm. You kind of see where the cracks are in the walls of something. But but again, you know. But then there are those instances where there is a good movie, um, like the second Godzilla movie, King of the Monsters. I thought was was a good movie. I thought they were actually pushing the the franchise in the right direction yeah. with that. I agree. I still think that's the best one. <clears throat> to me, it is. It's the best one. And it falls into that very slim category of movies 
where the sequel is better than the original. Yeah. <laughs> and even better than the, you know, than the, even the third one that comes out. So if, if it actually falls into that, into that category of where the sequel to a movie is actually better than its original or even better than, than the one that comes after it. It was making me curious enough if they're going to continue with the monster movies or that was it because there was no post credit scene. Mm, I I don't know. I guess it would depend on again, this is one of those movies that came out as a stream on the streaming service. It didn't come out in the theaters. So it's probably gonna be hard for Warner Brothers to figure out, sit down and do the math on it and figure out, you know, okay, how successful was this movie? It's not going to be about, it's going to be less about how many dollars did it make at a theater and worldwide versus how many views did it get on streaming service across the U.S., the international markets, China, and so forth. And, of course, you can see where, again, it's another one of those movies that, you know, was directed a little bit more towards China because, well, let's, why not in, involve Hong Kong? Yeah. I mean, Godzilla is a Japanese product. Um it, they should have gone to Tokyo, but instead they went to Hong that's Kong. The, so that's exactly what that's where said. that's where they were trying to. Yeah, as soon as they said Hong Kong, I was like, wait, the Chinese market. As soon as they said Hong Kong, I was like, wait, should he go to Japan? He's a Japanese character. What the fuck is this? Yes, <laughs> he should. They should have been destroying Tokyo. Not everything needs to be made in <clears throat> China. <laughs> Just saying. Unless it's those wonderful collector plates you want from. <laughs> <laughs> Why you know, the only thing that was honestly missing was just a random bat flying. I mean, that's the only thing that was missing. <laughs> oh my god, Batman v. Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, it was also a little ha-ha for the coronavirus. But still, you know, you gotta get you gotta get your ha-has when you can. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just, it's, well, because, alright, Warner Brothers owns both products. They own both the Godzilla and the, the, the King Kong uh, franchise, and they own the DCs, uh, EU. So when I'm watching it, again, it goes back to what I said before. It's like when I'm watching it, I'm like, this follows that same Batman v Superman formula. And I was like, it's like they just took that storyline and they, they melded it into the, the, the uh, Godzilla versus Kong storyline. And that's kind of what threw me off because I was like, you know, okay, once you tap into that, whether it's true or not, in your mind, you're like, I know where this is going to go, which you already kind of knew where it was going to go, yeah. but you can see where it's going to go. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's just crazy that a mechanical God's version of Godzilla was able to kick his ass. Well, I didn't like that part. <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, like, I understand that they were supposed to have, like, the original, like, they were supposed to have a pilot, you know, to do everything, but magically it's short circuits and, like, it comes to life and, creating, you know, has, still has his own, yeah, it's self-aware. Well, it becomes self-aware because it's tapped into one of the uh, Ghidorah skulls. Yeah. Okay. Now that goes back to Doomsday because that's how Doomsday was created by taking mm -hmm. Zod's body yeah. and, and creating the mutation with, you know, with one of the mother boxes in, you know, Batman v Superman creating the, uh, the, the mutation and now it's like there's a part of Doomsday that's Zod who remembers that he's fighting Superman from the previous movie. Yeah. So now you take that and you implant that into Godzilla, and it's like, okay, well, Mega Mecha Godzilla, it has is obviously Ghidorah, a little mm -hmm. bit of Ghidorah in in the brain, in the, in the cybernetic brain that's trying to destroy his previous enemy, 
Godzilla (laughs) and almost kicks his ass completely until, you know, Kong gets a, you know, cardiac shot to the heart uh, with that contrived uh, vehicle and then then suddenly he's able to start kicking ass even more than before. Yeah, it was like Tron on that one. But yeah, also, um, I'll admit where there's the tiny little parts, but it was like the sweet little victories where um, when Mega um, came to life and people were like, uh, uh, done. See, that was a sweet little, like, fuck you, you're done. Same thing with the bitch. Just shoot him, get him out of the way. Done. <laughs> They're just small little moments, but you're Although just I like, I do find it funny, you. even though this is me being biased, because I'm more of a Godzilla fan than I am a Kong fan. But if it wasn't for Mecha Godzilla being a factor, Kong would have died. <laughs> this is true. Sadly true. But the same ordeal, the way they did the fight with Mecha versus Godzilla, where he's just about to do his blast in the Godzilla's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they had a resurrected Kong, they both would have died. Yeah. I was just, and that that right there kind of irritated me. I'm like, damn it! I was like, there's no fanboy part in this. Like they in, they both inadvertently needed each other for this movie to work. But, honestly, mm-hmm. it, I okay. It would be nice to honestly, truly see a true fight between the two, but it needs to be more organic and actually have a legit reason for it. But they need to be on their own turf, not in the city. They need to be in a better turf so we can actually like, see the fight. So I was looking up uh, Pacific Rim because, like, Mechagodzilla is kind of like a. He's kind of like a. Uh, um. Um. Uh, we call it a. Um, I know what you're talking about. Words are not there. <laughs> it's, it's funny how the words can be on the tip of your tongue. Um, mm-hmm. He's a. He's a, um, a titan. Uh, a Jaeger. Yeah. He's a Jaeger. So I was just thinking. Meister. But it's almost like as if you could have tied Pacific Rim into this movie to a degree. It's like if you could have had this symbiotic uh or the uh the, the connection between the human characters that would mm-hmm. actually operate mecha godzilla and then you could actually start because it because pacific rim is a warner brothers product mm-hmm. so you could have actually started to, to bring that into you could tie it into pacific rim which would bring you back to pacific rim to where now there's like more of these creatures that are coming from elsewhere more of these titans or or the um you know the the, the monsters that would kind of tie into that and can kind of continue the series and kind of bring in both movies together. There will be like another series in a sense because in the pod that they traveled to um, Hong Kong in, won't there eggs or something in there? Yeah, they were the they were uh, I can't remember the, 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 the creatures they called them, but they were the those bat looking creatures that were on Skull, uh, Skull yeah. Island. So now it's going to go back to where did they get those from and why? Well, they probably got them from Skull Island, but still, it's like I think that you know you could have you could have actually pushed the Godzilla Kong thing into Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. where it would kind of continue the story into the future of where more of these creatures started showing up, you know. And you probably could go back to Pacific Rim and actually bring Godzilla into it to some degree to kind of help keep them at bay. But that's another story. Yeah. But it's kind of like with the Matrix. It's like 
when I watched the last John Wick uh, movie, uh, the third movie, and when he gets shot and falls down off the building to the to the street below, mm-hmm. he survives it. And I'm like, how can... I mean, this movie was so grounded in reality up to that one point. These movies were so grounded in reality up to that one point. But you've got this this series where you have these assassins that are part of this this secret society, organization, that are all out there. And they have their whole, like, sub-society going on with their own coinage and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And they all interact and, and intermingle with each other. And then you've got some of the actors that are from The Matrix... Like Lawrence Fishburne and and you know and uh, of course Keanu Reeves playing in in this movie, in this movie series, but then it's like at the very end he falls all the way you know like he hits a few of the I guess the canopies down it kind of mm-hmm. kind of helps to soften his soften fall. his fall but then he falls all the way down and he gets up and he walks away and I'm like it was so grand in reality up to this point that like anybody who falls from that height is going to die. I don't care who they are. Even if they're not reality. dead, they're not they're not moving. They're not moving. They're <laughs> all completely busted up. And then I was and then there was like talk about them doing a fourth Matrix movie and I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if like Rabbit Hole. Like his his new that Neo's new pers- persona in the Matrix is Yeah. Is John Wick. <laughs> when they cause when he when he actually when in the in the last Matrix movie when he helped them defeat Agent Smith, mm-hmm. it's like the entire Matrix was rewritten. Okay, so yeah. that was that became the new reality, and that's his new persona in the Matrix is John Wick. Well, they are making hmm. a fourth Matrix. Oh, I know. That's what he was just oh. saying. They are making a fourth Matrix, but that, I thought that's, that's how you could saying. marry that, those two movies. That's how you blend the together. two together because it's like, Ugh. how did he survive? It'd be such a great reveal to find out that that in the fourth Matrix movie, Neo is John Wick. <laughs> I mean, that would that be the one way you can explain how he survived the fall because mm-hmm. he would use his powers from the Matrix. Because think about it, because because he's the one, yeah. he's the fucking one. <laughs> it's like I made it. You thought I hit myself. You thought I landed. I did not. I was hovering. You just didn't see it. <laughs> By a millimeter. <laughs> yes. I made that shit believable. <laughs> Choke on that pill. I just think it would be a great surprise is when you get to the fourth Matrix movie. and those, Or even the fourth uh, John Wick movie is that those two are actually... Find out that those two are actually the same. One and the same. I have a cold one in the fridge. This is cold. Okay. <laughs> Potter press... press. What the fuck? No, no, no. Party time. <laughs> Product placement. Well, I can't see it. Uh, Wait, damn it. I know that sound. That's a Sundra pour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crisp Sundra pour. It's crisp and clean. <laughs> and lemony. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, goodness. I mean, one of those days, I am not going to be able to speak at all. I think you've done great so far. Well, I don't know about y'all, but the next movie I'm looking forward to, but it's right around the corner, and that's Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Comes out, like, the, the 23rd this month? Uh, I cannot remember when it comes out, but again, it's going to be another one of those coming to streaming. It's on HBO Max. I am so stoked for it. Yeah, I'm uh, curious on I'm curious on how much they've changed because this one is supposed to be 
more towards the original video game from what I've read. I think they've created a different backstory to it, a little bit different, a little more grounded maybe, but again, it, it remains to be seen, literally. There's, there's, only <coughs> one, there's only one thing I thought was odd, but I'm not upset about it at all, and that's that Johnny Cage isn't in this movie. Which I did, I mean, Johnny Cage has never been one of my favorite characters anyway, I've always been a Scorpion fan. Which oddly, which I found oddly enough is Ed Boon's favorite character. I'm like, yay, me and the character, me and the creator have the same favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a favorite character from Mortal Kombat. I just play whichever one I thought I could actually beat somebody <laughs> until I couldn't, because I could never get the, the combos down. And I don't want to diverge too much, but what'd you guys, what'd you guys think of Wandavision? Did you guys watch that? Mm-mm. I gave up after the second episode. I haven't had oh, really? to sit there and watched it, and we don't have the Disney Plus anymore. Um, uh, well, I got rid of it after what they did with um, Gina Carano. Yeah, I canceled it after that. I was just like, mine's almost my subscription's almost up, and I'm not going to renew it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I know they, I know they're not going to miss my subscription because. There was only a handful of people that canceled their Disney Plus after that. They're still making fucking bank. Yeah. But they're still mad. For me, it was the principle of the matter. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Actually, it was just like, I'm glad we finished. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I watched everything up there that I cared to watch me. Did all the Mandalorian. The, yeah. I watched, all, I watched all of the Batman's. All of the um, Batman animated series and X-Men. Yeah. Actually, Scott, we're like, glad you were able to finish the Mandalorian those before... Only, uh, those are the only two reasons why I even got to Before you canceled it. Because <laughs> I wanted to go back and watch stuff that I knew that I didn't get to see. Well, I think since Disney has bought Lucasfilm, you know, I, I heard a lot of rumbling about, like, oh, they're going to screw it up, they're going to screw it up. And I had the absolute faith that Disney would not, that because they're putting an infusion of money into it, you know, and and it being bought by, a, like, a company like Disney that, like they did with Marvel, would inf- infuse some more longevity into it mm-hmm. and some fresh writing and 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 so forth. And... You know, uh, when the first uh, uh, Star Wars sequel came out, um, The Force Awakens, there was that little bit of glimmer of hope. Because when they announced that J.J. Abrams, who's actually a very big Star Wars fan, um, was going to direct the movie and co-write it, I, I, I was like, well, that's great. That's perfect. Because, you know, he had talked about, I watched an interview with him before where he was finishing up on some of the Star Trek stuff and what he did with Star Trek was I thought was really good and but then when I heard that he was actually a Star Wars fan and he was going to actually direct the next Star Wars movie I thought that that was perfect because he's a big fan of it he understands the mm-hmm. the pro, the you know the property understands what the, where the fans want to see in the movies going forward and it, that would and I think that that's what they were doing was providing the perfect vision for where they're going to take the next three movies and then they hired a different director for to do uh the last jedi and fucked it up um you know now is it is it a bad movie it's not necessarily a bad movie it's not a perfect movie but i think some of you know it's like they were trying to usurp those expectations Mm -hmm. that fans had and that was the wrong thing to do because you have a very profitable you have a very well-grounded 
It turned property, into another week and, and then it turned, Snyder version. Yeah, and it turned into something. They were trying to turn it into something completely different. And and people didn't like it. And the backlash was crazy. And then they tried to fix it in uh, in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And, and then, you know, there were, like, Kevin Smith and a lot of people felt the same way I did. Like, maybe Skywalker was going to be the new name for the, the Jedi Order or something. And that's why it was called The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. There was no fucking Rise of Skywalker <laughs> in this movie. I mean, it was like, you know, she buries the fucking lightsabers in the desert. And on Tatooine, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, what? Why? What? You <laughs> why? know, why? Where's this going? It's like, you know, okay, she just says her name is Skywalker, but that's it. It's like, there was nothing there that, you know, that was like pushing the, the franchise forward of like, you know, that, that actually paid off the, the, the subtitle or the title of the movie, The Rise of Skywalker. There's no fucking rise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything, it was just symbolic of like, we're burying the... <laughs> We're burying the franchise in the dirt <laughs> and we're walking away. <laughs> we could do so much more, but you know what? We're done with it. Yeah, we're not. We, we, yeah, we're not going to do anything with this. We're, we're just going to let it languish. And and then the, the Mandalorian came out on Disney Plus, and you and you were seeing like there was some glimmer of hope. You know, like a new hope <laughs> that, that they're going to do something different. And then, of course, when they got to the last episode of the second season, and Luke Skywalker shows up. You know, it's like the internet just exploded. You know, it was like, like this is awesome. This is great. We're moving hopefully in the right direction. We're going to actually, and then there was talk about them possibly even redoing the sequels based on The Mandalorian, like mm-hmm. trying, you know. And then, of course, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, you know, it's like nobody's liking her. She's not doing anything right with the franchise. Uh, you know, she's throwing her woke shit into it. You know, but as soon as The Mandalorian becomes popular you don't see john favreau out there on stage talking about like well this is our vision and these are the shows we're going to do so they bring up these logos for 20 fucking shows that they're going to put on disney plus based on star wars and you're like why the fuck are you putting 20 fucking shows up for star wars it's like you know why are you saturating saturating the market with this star wars shit like this and then on top of that you're like you know but who's who's announcing it's kathleen kennedy it's like it's like the person that like hides in the corner, and then when things are great, she fucking pops her up out, her head out of a fucking hole and says, "I'm the one that did all this." And you're like, "Fuck you." It was. It's what's really sad. You talking about that? I just. I. Mine is crossing Star Wars at DC right now. I'm seeing. I'm seeing Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. You know, Bat- Batman being the fans is. Like, How could you? I'm a woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then get scratched across the face. I mean, that, that entire scene is played in my head instantly when you get done with Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Like, push her off her damn building. <laughs> Ironic saved by Kitty Litter. <laughs> oh, fuck you too, Tim Burton. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the Star Wars stuff too much, but that's my rant about it. It's like, they just, they're just fucking up my childhood. <laughs> I thought it was Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, that too. Yeah, he's on the list. <laughs> Shit, I never even finished watching the rest of the uh, Transformers movies just because I got so sick of the shit. Oh, God. The only two Transformers movies you need to watch are, well, three. There's three. 
but if you want to go back to the original, you know, you didn't you watch the, the the animated movie that came out in 1986, which was great, and, and you know that's just good brain candy too. And it's based on the the series that came out with the original Generation One toys. But then, you know, you could watch the first Michael Bay Transform movie, and it, I thought it was a good movie. It was well-balanced, good writing, good use of CGI. It didn't go way too much over it, you know, into the whole uh, explosion verse and everything. And then the next one, after, and then you could just forget about all the sequels to that one and just go <laughs> straight to Bumblebee. Um, that was a decent movie, too. But yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a victim of its own hype because once the first movie came out and became so popular and it did so well because it was a good movie, mm-hmm. that then they just they just started jacking their dicks and made a movie that was just nothing but fucking racism and spectacle and you know and just throwing tons of money at it and CGI at it and just creating an absolute just waste of time for both for all the movies that came out after it. It must be nice to have that kind of money to waste. <laughs> Yeah, these are the same people that want you to like put, you know, write a check to help out all these social causes. Like, well, what if you took the money that you spent on this movie that nobody liked and actually threw it at some of these social problems out there to help out with people who are homeless or help out people who are hungry, you know, or help out with world that issues? Takes common sense. Oh, I know. <laughs> and it's like you spend. $300 million or even close to a billion dollars on a movie and it's like well we can do that but we can't take this money and do it and put it towards those any decent causes get punished by people like those you know I mean I, I mean I'm I'm no you know no far left person but it, it just makes sense that if you're gonna if you want to help people then I'd rather you know see people getting fed or getting a house instead yeah. of watching here's you know, my fat wallet that I want to keep fat I need your very, you, you just earned that nickel. I need that nickel. That's what they're doing. It reminds me of the old, um, like the Childhood Hunger commercials because you used to see a the nickel 90s. a day. And there was, you would literally receive an envelope in the mail with a nickel that says, this nickel could help save children. And I was just like, why the fuck you send it to me? Exactly. Why'd <laughs> you send it to me? <laughs> you almost wanted to tape it to a note that says, just give it back. <laughs> This nickel, nickel will will feed so many people a day. It's like, well, why don't you just use it? <laughs> Tape it to a handwritten note and send it back to them. I think some people actually did do that. They probably did. But it's like, you just spent over a nickel just to send it to me so I can send it back to you. It's like, <laughs> this is the worst wasted. game of Pong ever. Or, or maybe you needed a Snickers so it just happened to be the five cents you needed in the vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did have somebody who was hungry. Me, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. It was a damn good Snickers too, because five cents of it was free. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like the um, the drink machines that you put it in, and they're like you hit a Coke, and like three of them fall out, and you're just like, score, yeah, <laughs> right. And they don't get jammed, and you're like. All right. Let me see. Push the other random button. See what other drinks I can get for free. Yeah. When you find those one busted vending machines and you can do that, you're just like boop, boop, boop. I don't even like this drink, but I want to get it for free. When I was in high school, there was a drink machine that was in the ag department. Um, it was one of those older drink machines, mm-hmm. and it was the kind where you could actually reach up in and hit the little lever, and you could, and it would drop drinks mm-hmm. down. 
you know, and it was random. There it, it, it was no specific drink that would fall down. But, of course, you know, you had your, your basics. You had your Coke and Pepsi and I think even New Grape and Mountain Dew and stuff like that. And, and you just hit that, you just get your hand up there far enough, you hit a lever, and then the drinks would fall down. You didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about New Grape. Oh, yeah. The good old childhood moments. <sighs> All those periphery sodas that aren't as popular but are much better. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what are the movies coming out you're looking forward to? I don't know. I haven't really been watching that much. I, You know, I. it's kind of hard to say because it's like they used to, you know, you go on like YouTube, for example, and you're looking for, it's like, okay, here's the latest trailers coming out. And you're looking at it and you're like, wow, this is just absolute fucking trash. It's like, it's movies, basically about the same kind of things. There's a dystopian, a movie about dystopia. There's a movie about an assassin. There's a movie about this. Or, or, or a lot of them are like just advertising trailers for movies that are coming on streaming services like Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And you're like, eh, I don't really watch those anymore, you know. It's kind of hard to, to really watch movies on that, that are made by the streaming services because there's so it's like the market is so saturated with stuff. It's like before, if you wanted to watch a movie, it was like you just went straight to the movie theater. And you're like, if it was worthy of them to make and put it out in the theater, it was probably halfway worthy to maybe watch. So the market wasn't as saturated, but now with movie theaters, you know, once they come back online... And streaming services, and you have all of them. You got Disney Plus, you got Paramount Plus coming up, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, and God knows how many more are out there. And it's like by the time you cut your cable bill and go to all the streaming services, you're basically paying the same amount for all these streaming services yeah. uh, as you were for you know combined for that you would have for cable. And then you know then they have to update the you know the the ability for you to be online, so you have to update all the wireless stuff and on the internet to be able to cover you know carry that kind of wattage and bandwidth in order to watch all these services mm -hmm. uh, so you're gonna pay more of a premium for that so the market's so saturated with all these things it's like I don't have enough time my day to watch everything so it's like it kind of like it just kind of like it's like a pass-through for me I unless something absolutely catches my mind or my ear I don't really pay that much attention to it anymore yeah, and plus you get some, and because of all these <clears throat> new streaming everything, so you get all these stupid little pop up and ads. That honestly, when we find, like, if you go on YouTube and you're looking up a certain video, and you're like, oh, an ad I can't skip, you set your phone down and you walk away. You don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Because we're tired of the freaking ads, which I understand that's how they get their money, but still at the same time, you're just like. And it's probably it's sad because I'm sure there's a lot of. There's a lot of good content probably out there in the streaming services, but you're probably going to miss a lot of it because, uh, you know, it, like I said, it just it gets saturated into this into the mm -hmm. market, so it's kind of hard to it. You know, it's the difference between having all these cupcakes or just having a few that you're willing to pay a little bit more of a premium for, uh, to actually feel like you know my my attention can be directed to the really good ones instead of all you know a table full of it yeah. that you have to try to pick from. What about you? Besides Mortal Kombat, you already mentioned. What kind of movies are you looking forward to that you may have seen? 
But my main ordeal is I'm <clears throat> I'm hoping that DC doesn't get scared. I'm hoping they make more stuff along the way. There hasn't been a whole bunch of stuff that I, that's coming out in the future that I'm really excited for. Outside of seeing what they seeing what they do with the next um. Like, yeah, I can't keep up with what's coming out anymore. So. I think that's pretty much what you have to look forward to is the, the tried and true franchises like Spider-Man. They got Spider-Man coming out pretty soon, and so everybody might get excited about something like that, or if they do, you know, and then the next phase of Marvel or... I am somewhat excited, <coughs> I am somewhat excited for the next Suicide Squad movie. The only thing I don't like is John Cena's in it. I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. I, I saw the trailer, the first trailer that finally dropped for Suicide Squad, and I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing how this is supposed to be better than the one they put out before. I have a feeling that I, I got a feeling that Cena is going to try. They're going to push Cena over. He's going to overshadow Harley and everybody else, and it's just he's going to be the comic relief, and he's not a comic relief. He is just. Awkward. I think isn't she? She is the Margot. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the only one that's coming back for, from the, like she, repeating her role mm-hmm. for a third time. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any of the original actors from the original Suicide Squad are coming back. No, it, it is her, and <clears throat> she does beautiful for it. She really does. She harnesses it. I just looked this. I just looked this up because I hadn't even paid attention outside of knowing that Cena and Margaret Robbie's in it. Sylvester Stallone's the voice of King Shark, so I'm not going to understand a damn thing King Shark says. <laughs> I think he's going to suffer the same thing as Justice League because you're taking. All right, so Justice League, you're taking something that's a DC product, and you're putting someone from Marvel, that is, i.e., Whedon. Directing it, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're taking somebody from Marvel. You're taking uh, what's his name, J- uh, James Gunn, who directed, yeah. uh, uh, who directed. Um, yeah, he James Gunn. Di- he's directing this this version of Suicide Squad. So I think there's going to be because again, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to throw some comedy into it, which is fine, but they're going to try to make Suicide Squad be sort of like the uh, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy version of of the for the DC. Not- I swear, there's a whole bunch of you knows <laughs> in the script. I'm gonna be so pissed off. <laughs> Just hit him over the head with a bang, you know. <laughs> chomp, chomp, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm all I can think about is the anime version that um that we watched. <sighs> and Clayface and everything. That's just that's just what's gonna go through my head. That's what they're going to try to do is that comic relief and mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I hope it's not going to be a bust. Did you guys watch Birds of Prey? Yes. Yeah, we, we saw that theaters actually were like the only ones in there. <laughs> I tried to start watching it and then it just, I could see where they were trying to do the whole female empowerment thing. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I just don't get it. It's like there have been strong female characters in movies for years. Sure, the first one that comes to mind is always um, Ripley. Yeah, I mean, Six she's one of the, well, first modern, but there have always been strong female characters. Even in some of the older movies, you'll see female characters that were actually very strong that would go, you know, not all of them were the damsel in stress type. Some mm-hmm. of them were actually very strong 
characters like Xena Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that was in the '90s, but I mean, but there were there were always strong female characters or even female centric characters in a lot of different products and movies. It just gets me how people kind of forget, conveniently forget these things, and then they act like they they never existed, and it's like you're you're actually destroying the 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 the. The legacy, the legacy of, of these characters that people are like, that character was a fucking badass, like Ripley. No, what? Yeah, it's just what I hate is just you have these feminists that are like that take these women who rose and you see their story. Like, no, we are not the damsel in stress. Yeah, they 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 kicked me down, but you know what? I said, fuck you. I'm still going to stand. And they build that legacy, and they're just like, no, they kicked the woman. They kicked her, and like. Did you not see that they kicked back twice as hard? That's what you need to focus on. They they rose. They became an individual. But I mean, you have like Ripley. Uh, you have Marilyn Ravenclaw from, mm-hmm. from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You have Princess Leia from Star Wars. You know, and the list goes on and on and on. There have been lots of strong female characters in movies from the past that have actually helped build the legacy in the, of these franchises that actually made made them work and uh, even better than, than the lead male character in some, some regards. And, you know, I think that for them to come out with a movie like Birds of Prey where it's like they feel like this is a groundbreaking movie and it's like it's not. Actually to the point where you're actually destroying it mm-hmm. like they did with them and they did with the, they tried to do the Charlie's Angels remake and it's like, did you not see the original Charlie's Angels movie? With Drew Barrymore and uh, and Cameron Diaz and Lucy mm-hmm. Liu, mm-hmm. very empowered female characters, and the first one was actually very good. The second was. one was was good, but not as good. It was kind of like it kind of fell into that whole comical thing, you know, kind of unbelievable. But the first movie was very good, and it's like you didn't have to redo this. You actually could have done a continuation of those characters, maybe with different actresses. But it was like you were trying to. I mean, you know, Elizabeth Banks was trying to create a movie. Where it was like we've got to empower these females. Like they were already empowered, you know. They, they were even empowered in the original '70s show. Yeah. You know, and and you know, you're trying to create something that, you know, that that's why people are losing faith in these movies. They want to go see these movies. They want to see these characters, but you're trying well, to yeah, compensate also, with some I of didn't, the crappy okay, writing. So I didn't watch the uh, Ghostbusters when it was the female cast. What I I I'm sorry, I didn't want to watch it. I love the actresses that they had because I know that they're going to do a beautiful job playing it. Mm-hmm. But it was just the way they portrayed it and the fact that they had um, Hemsworth as the ditzy blonde. Yeah. I'm just like, seriously? But see, that actually didn't bother me because he, he played it off so well. And- I, I mean, I, know, I was like, I know they could, but it's just the fact that you took this legacy of the story and you just pretty much saying like women are going to rule it in the story we're going to make the guys look dumb and i'm like i'm sorry the fact that that's what you were trying that was your main objective i just it just killed it for me See, it just i actually liked the the, the yeah. female version of ghostbusters i had no problem with it honestly i yeah. thought it was a decent movie i, I mean I i'm still willing was, to give it a I mean, try you know, but it was just I thought it was a good movie. I I think the only problem with it was that instead of them trying to reboot it with female characters, mm-hmm. they could have just simply had it as a continuation of the original Yeah. The original product with you know, like they could have actually been like maybe the 
they could have been the ones that were taken over for it from the original Ghostbusters because they were getting older. Yeah. I would watch it if that was the one we're doing. And that, that's where, I think that's where they messed up, was that they could have just used these female characters as to take over for the franchise. I think that was just my part of my way of... trying to rewrite the franchise. And that's the thing, yeah. I think that's, that is where it threw a lot of people off, because like, oh, well, they're just trying to reboot it with female characters. They're trying to mm-hmm. female wash this. And it's like, if they could have just simply said, you know, we're taking, we're taking the, the helm from the original characters. Yeah. You know, they, they could have had that crossover. I think that was just my that. little rebellion as... I guess in a way as a female saying like the way it was constantly being marketed the way mm-hmm. it was constantly coming up on my feeds and everything else was we are women hear me roar we're gonna make the the guy look dumb I'm like you have wonderful actors here to portray this and my childhood here and then like yeah we're okay with you know it's okay that they're all women and the guy was the secretary that's fine but it was yeah. just the way they kept marketing was, we are women, here is roar. We're just like, we don't care. <laughs> just, just here's our story. Here's the funniness. Here's the storyline of it. Just play along with it. Now, I think the only problem with the female, to me, the female, the only problem with the, the, the female Ghostbusters movie was just the ending where they were all dancing and everything. Mm-hmm. That I thought was a bit contrived. I didn't like that part. Um, I thought, but I, I thought that, you know, the... The storyline, the characters, where they were going with it, I thought it was all running in the right direction. That yeah. was the only part that, that fell with me. Yeah. I just, and, did, and I just that, didn't want to, to me personally, I just didn't <coughs> want to watch it in the sense of, because I didn't want to promote that kind of yeah. marketing. I'm like, if you're going to, if you're just going to, like, here's the females playing the roles instead, have at it. Yes, I'm watching it, but it's just, it was the whole women empowerment. I'm like... Look, women have been in power this whole time. We have, it's just like the whole bathroom issues and everything else. We've been using the same bathrooms this whole time, and it just took one person to fuck it up, okay? Just, a fig movement to great propaganda. Yeah. yeah. That was my only thing. But I'm, I'm still kind of curious on it. I just wanted the whole female movement to just calm down. <laughs> just calm down. Simmer down now. Just, just simmer down. The whole Ross. Mm, the whole sandwich hands. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but that's the problem is it's, it's, it's not you can do way. that and nobody has a problem with that. It's just make sure that what you're doing has solid writing, has solid direction, has solid, you know, it's, it's a solid movie or something that people can enjoy watching without don't, feeling like yeah, they're being don't, preached to. Don't change the, don't change the character to a female, to a male, just because you can, or don't change the race of the character just because you can have a reason not just because catering to political correctness yeah don't don't do it for that do it as no and they want to say that it's it's because of men that these sometimes they want like elizabeth banks said it was because of men that that the charlie's angels movie flopped well if there are more women in the world presumably right now than men then, then all these women should have gone to see this movie but they didn't because of the same thing because women are smart enough to know if they want to watch a decent movie or not. And if they think the movie's not going to be worth well, going it also to, kind they're of not going to watch it either. It also goes back to the horror where they're saying, like, where the women were being injectified and killed, or were the main ones that are constantly <clears throat> being killed and everything. But they've come to find out when they actually went through and actually wa- uh, went back through the, the status of who was watching what, there was more women watching horror than men. Especially the the horrors that the women were being gutted like fish, and they're all like, "Damn, this is a good movie." 
It's usually always a female survivor. Exactly. Yeah, the last girl is what they call it. Yeah. The final girl, final girl is what they call it. The final girl. But the fact is... Yeah, because it's always a woman this, that's kicking Jason's ass. Yeah. Or Freddy's. Yeah. And you're, and you're rooting for her. Yeah, the <laughs> ones who are like, a, it's, it's always it's a woman so coming Get bitch! Exactly. It's like, oh no, they're they're objectifying and hurting women. And those women are like, got her! Got her! <laughs> so, yeah. Y'all just need to eat some meat and get some new batteries, okay? Just calm down. <laughs> Hashtag new batteries. <laughs> oh my god, that's great! I love that. Eat some meat and get new batteries. I mean, I mean that is a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm just hot. Calm down, more meat, new batteries. They make them Feminist rechargeable, off. okay? Like just. Oh my uh, goodness. That is fucking gold. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the truth. Man, you just create a whole new, um, a whole new um, um, thing for the BYOB instead of bo- bo- um, battery operated boyfriend is now paying your own batteries. Yeah, <laughs> buy new batteries. I mean, you can go on Amazon and get the solar power rechargeable thing. I mean, and you. Nobody's going to question it. It's on the top of your car. Nobody's going to question it. Okay? You're just like, oh, she's getting added to it. Unless you know what it's for. (laughs) You see a sourpuss little solar power thing on the roof of the car driving down the road. It's like, yep, she's going to have a good time tonight. (laughs) She's getting added to adjustment right there. (laughs) The new new, um, road, (laughs) road head, road face. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry if women you know they're saying like we need to do this more thing I was like great do it more and then you'd be more you'd be less shitty towards men I just yeah that's a whole other movement but anyway <laughs> oh my goodness that was that was fucking funny <laughs> I was not expecting that <laughs> Coffee finally kicked in, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you want to add? Hmm. Walking Dead. Anybody watch the the latest Walking Dead? The the last... I just finished watching the last episode of season 10. Unfortunately, we have not watched... We haven't watched it in over a year. Oh, okay. The the last thing I remember... The last thing I remember seeing was that big-ass snowstorm and... Negan going after, I think it was some girl. Alpha. Yeah. yeah. She's going out after the Whispers, Alpha. Yeah, that was, um, that was the last episode we watched. The last episode of, now the, the last three episodes, well the last two, because this is the first season where they've actually extended it because of the pandemic, where instead of going into the, a new season, they've actually finished off season 10 with extended episodes, because there's usually only so many. Uh, but episodes, I think it was... Um, 20, 21, and 22. 20 and 21 are are kind of they're kind of lame because they're really just uh, kind of going over some backstory with uh, some stuff that wasn't in the show, but they were doing like flashbacks with like uh, some of the characters uh, with regards to like uh, Carol and, and Daryl. 
But then the last episode, episode 22, was called Here's Negan. And it, they finally went back to developing Negan's backstory, like from the comic, mm-hmm. taking it straight from the comic where he's, uh, or the graphic novel where it shows what, what he, who he was before the pandemic, or before the pandemic. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's going to be a zombie apocalypse literally. You know, go get your, uh, your go get your uh, uh, vaccinations, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it, it talks about like what who he was before the zombie apocalypse broke out, and and then his his wife having cancer and all the things going in, and it sort of flashbacks back and forth. So they finally went back because that's what everybody was wanting to see. They wanted to see Negan's, I guess you could say, genesis mm-hmm. in in the in the show, like in the comics, and they do that. So and that's I think that's the last episode of season ten. So now in the last. The last season, which is going to be season 11, is going to be the last season for the series, or at least for the original series on AMC. So we got one more season before they finally cut it completely. Okay, I thought this was the last one. No, there's, there's one more season because they, they set it up where there's going to eventually be, presumably, probably a, um, a conflict between um, Negan and, um, what's her name, um, Glenn's wife. Oh, Maggie. Maggie. Maggie, yeah. There, there's going to be a conflict between them because they brought her back. Her character's back on the show yeah. now. I did read that um, Kirkman said they were bringing um, Rick back for the season finale. I had heard two different things. I heard that they were going to bring Rick back for the season finale um, or they were going to actually tr- they were looking at maybe doing like an actual movie, like a two-hour movie um, uh, with Rick, with Rick's character. Because Andrew Lincoln, Lincoln was uh, in talks with bringing the character back, probably to probably to finish out the series, whether it's gonna be with a movie, a two-hour movie, or or maybe last part of the last season, or part of the season, maybe the season finale, maybe it's both. The two-hour episode is gonna be the season finale, which which makes sense because when you got a series so successful as that, and you're about to end it, it's like you want to try to go out with a bang. Yeah. Instead of a whimper, like some shows are going out with a whimper, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like Friends or or some other shows that you know it's just like this build up for so long of like where are these characters going to be headed off to in the ether of television or movies or whatever, and then it's kind of like oh you watch the final episode and you're like oh well that's kind of anticlimactic or something, but this is one of those shows where I think that if they do it right, they're actually going to make it a big spectacle and. And actually send it off on the right in the right direction, in a way that people are going to feel like there's some closure with a lot of the characters, or for the, the series entire. I wonder if they're going to do a do a Daryl spinoff and talk about his backstory. There's only thing, he's the only one that we are really completely oblivious to because he never opened up in the show. Well, his character is is was created for the show. He was never in the comics, so. But they could, they could theoretically do a, a series around Daryl, like he goes off to do his own thing, and then. But I don't. But again, it's kind of like it's kind of like Joey <laughs> from Friends. It's like if Daryl goes off to another area and does his own thing, mm-hmm. it's kind of like were people really going to watch it because they're like, well, this isn't the original part of the original series, you know? Yeah. How are they going to build a, a whole series around one individual character instead of it being having something? I can see him doing like a short film on it. Maybe a short film that would work. I think they could. And you know, well, of course, and it'll probably be on 
some streaming service somewhere. <laughs> YouTube is <laughs> Like, hold on, let me get a subscription to that too for a few days. <laughs> Just so I can watch it. And cancel it immediately. Mm-hmm. Free trial. I'll do with the ads just to watch this for one time. <laughs> Everybody's mindset. Mm-hmm. Although I do know there is something coming out this fall that you're going to be looking forward to. Hmm. Chucky. Yes. Chucky. Yeah, yeah they got a TV series. They're doing a, yeah, they're doing a TV series comes out this fall for I Chucky. Forgot. I didn't forget, but it's like I hadn't seen anything in a while. Okay. <laughs> we'll but, see how that but goes. It's, but no, because it's, it's uh, uh, Brad Durf, right? The, um, Brad Durf, yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah, back. He's again. coming back, he's coming back. Is he the voice of Chucky? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so that works. Yes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have Chucky without Brad Durf. No. no. And I'll honestly, the, uh, the new movie that came out, it just... The only thing that saved it was... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, did the voice? Mark Hamill. Yes, he was the only one that that saved it because he was able to. He was able to work with it with the voice, but the movie itself wasn't that good. I didn't watch it. So. No, no. It was mediocre. It just no. Well, Chucky was never meant to be there. digital. He was never meant to be digital. Okay. Oh, yeah. No. Well, there hasn't been a remake of the classic horror or suspense movies like Chucky, Friday Thirteenth, Halloween, Jason. There hasn't been a or Friday Thirteenth yeah. uh, or Halloween. There hasn't been a successful remake or reboot of any of those series because of like they throw the CGI into it. It's like one of the one of the the, the one of the spectacles of those movies was that one the effects were practical. It's like it you felt like the characters are actually killing, really killing the other characters in the movie. Yeah. You know, and the stories, I mean, you know, after the first one, everything else was kind of a copycat of itself, but you still enjoyed it because it was just brain candy, you know, for horror. And, yeah. But now they're trying to put this, like, strange nuance in these movies, like, you know, some diabolical force or some demonic yeah, force or something. It's like, you know, but, I mean, you just want to go watch a movie that's like, takes us out of our stupid dull lives for a couple hours. Yeah, and it's just, I guess it's just the fact that Chucky was a person and unfortunately, you know, with voodoo magic, he, you know, got himself, you know, trapped into a doll. But then you go from, it was just a, just a, a um, you know, the, the digital one is just, I don't like the fact, the fact that my boss snapped at me, so you know what, here, I'm just going to turn this setting off and then, ooh, you have a doll that's like, yeah. learns, you, you show them one video how to use a knife, ooh, stab, stab, I'm done, ha, 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 just, no. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't say for sure, but I can assume that it's a situation where if it's digital, the character was, the, the Chucky character was probably more prominent. Yeah, you uploaded, he was, the fact that he was able, anything you uploaded, he learned. So. <clears throat> Basically, they took, the con they took the concept from Small Soldiers and put it in Chucky. Oh, okay. But I mean, but you probably saw Chucky more. I'm oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. still saw him. See, that's, that was the appeal of some of the original, like, like uh, Friday 13th. Mm -hmm. It's like you knew the killer was out there. You as an audience knew the killer was out there. 
but you know who it was, and you, and they, and the killer only showed up like a surprise, like every once in a while. It was kind of like the same formula for Jaws, because the shark didn't work. They had to give through music and through you know through the the the, the orchestration and through the actions of the actors. They portrayed that there was something there that you could not see. It was like the the scariest monster is the one you, the folks you on the don't see. Of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but also, that's how you played on the psyche part. But they did, that's so. what they did with the original Chucky. It's like you knew this doll was walking around somewhere about to kill you, but you, you couldn't find it. You couldn't see it. You know, it's like where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, yeah, exactly. You just hear the feet going across, and it's like it's there. You just can't see it until it finally shows up, you know, or does something. And then you hear, "Wanna play?" Yeah, so that's what helps drive. That's what helped drive the fears, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the the, the evil not seen, and that's why those movies were always so great. It's because you know you knew it was there, you just didn't know where. So that's what helped drive the fear. But now these movies where they can digitally make these characters and are more prominent, and it's like the fear's gone. It's like it's yeah. not as not as scary well, anymore. The only thing that also kind of pissed me off was the fact in the. Kurt, no, uh, the last Chucky where they're in the, the asylum, um, you know, he's in his daughter's body. Tiffany comes back with the daughter. Go with it. Like, come on, people. There's a whole new <coughs> storyline right there. And then you're just like, uh, no. We're just going to make them digital. We're going to stop right there, and we're going to redo this. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Continue, please. People who are the fans are like, all right, shit about to go down. Although I do find it interesting how they completely wrote Glenn and Glenda out. They became one. They became one. Well, I think just like everything else in life, you get these ebb and flows of things. Mm -hmm. It's like right now we're in that, that down spiral or that down loop where movies are not so great. But I think, <clears throat> but everything self-corrects in life. So people are going to get sick of streaming. They're going to get sick of all the content. They're going to get sick of all the CGI. And I think within the next, I want to say three to five years, you're going to start to see more of that upswing of where people start going back to the, the writers, directors, the, yeah. the studios, as they filter out the older, the old garden, and they get yeah. fresh Which minds in, they're going to start to with, see people um, want to go back to the original concepts and original ideas of actually creating more grounded content and better content, and actually, you know, being students of the original movies, like movies from the '70s and the '80s, and even to some degree the '90s, and actually wanting to do movies more in that mm -hmm. that way of doing things. So I think within the next five years. You're going to actually start to see probably better movies, more original content coming up. And you're probably going to see this more going out back towards the theaters that people mm -hmm. want to actually see them. And then the streaming services are probably going to kind of flatten out a little bit. Yeah. Which, <coughs> going back to where I said there was two and one actually in the seat of Chucky, Glenn didn't know if you want to be a Glenn or a Glenda. <laughs> he really didn't. He didn't know if you want to be a Glenn or a Glenda. The same so. thing that confused me with is at the end of the movie... They show they twins. Yeah, they they go into a human body. The daughter, the daughter part was the actual like sinister. She was the yes. You want to kill? I will help you kill. Glenn was the the Bambi. So I think if I have to go back and really rewatch, I think Glenn was able to like stay the doll, stay shit faced, and um, Glenn or Glenda, um, the niece. 
the one you know became the orphan. Mm. They they transfer her body because you know Tiffany was able to stay um, was able to become her guardian. I guess it's possible. That well, that's how it ended in the thing because she became the guardian and then she threw it in her face saying like I like, have your niece and then Chucky's like and now I have your body and you can walk again. <laughs> Even though it's my a, fault that, that you can't walk. That, that was the one thing we kept on clashing with. Because you, you kept on talking about it. it's a sequel. I was like, no, it's a prequel and a sequel. They t- just tied it in three movies. <laughs> hmm. I'm not completely lost. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch them all again. That, that's my binge. <laughs> that's your thing. Yes. No, she didn't believe me until I showed her the, um, the, the director's cut. No, the director. <coughs> it's been a while since I've watched that. them, so... Brian Chuck is still my funny. It's still one of my favorites just from that comic relief. Well, for the purposes of today, I think we've thoroughly trashed <laughs> Godzilla and Kong, a little bit of Star Wars again. <laughs> we always find a way to bring Star Wars into it. I know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Don't laugh. I'm just waiting. Honestly, I'm waiting for someone, maybe it's fans, someone to actually try to figure out a way to buy Lucasfilm back from Disney. Just take it away from Disney and fire That's Kathleen Kennedy That's and put John Favreau in charge of it, from, you know, and David Filoni, put them in charge of Lucasfilm. Someone have to win the lottery, get lucky on the stock market, and then go after it. <laughs> no, I think if, if they keep on doing the way they're doing, the stocks, the, the, the... I feel like if they keep on doing the way they are, a lot of people are just going to stop watching the Star Wars stuff from Disney. They're not going to buy into the the you know online stuff the you know like the toys everything the, the, it's just going to go to the point where it's like Disney's going to like we've got to dump this out of our. I wonder who would buy it again after that if Disney <coughs> would sell it. Lucas. I think it would happen. I, I think he. I think he's going to die before that happens. Hmm. I don't know. I don't mean that in a conspiracy or whatnot. I, I truly, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to live to see the day that Disney doesn't own it. Well, with Lucas, I think, like I said, I think if you got Lucas and maybe some other investors together or somebody that, you know, or whether it's a group or you get, you know, others who have the money to actually put together some kind of a buyout package and just buy a Lucasfilm and start fresh. Just clean house, make it a separate studio, clean house. Because you have other properties within Lucasfilm that aren't just Star Wars, you have Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you have other things that, if you have fresh writers, fresh minds, fresh directors, you could actually create brand new properties out of Lucasfilm, and it could be its own entity. <clears throat> it would be kind of cool if someone could actually get the rights and then create an actual Star Wars Studios. I think that would be kind of interesting concept. Like just stand alone by itself? Mm-hmm. Mm, it's possible, but I mean, it's been under the Lucasfilm banner for so long, you know, it's like Star Wars is part of Lucasfilm, but I think if you could just take Lucasfilm and separate it and it'd be its own standalone studio, and you have all these different properties. Like I said, you got Star Wars, you got Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, and then, it, like I was just saying, if you had, if you get, if you just clean house and get rid of everybody right now that's with Disney that that wants to destroy this property, and you actually get fresh writers, directors, producers, people within in Lucasfilm that would actually create brand new content. It doesn't have to be necessarily brand new Star Wars or Indiana Jones content, but actually brand new storylines and series that would actually you know that could actually branch off into something completely different and be a part of Lucasfilm and you know kind of like you have different all these different 
movies and franchises like under Warner Brothers or under Disney or under this studio or that studio, you know, and it could actually, they, these could become other streams of profit for the studio and it could actually expand on other things. But that's what I think. I think if they could just take Lucasfilm and get it out of Disney again and it be separate and they could actually have the freedom to do what they want to do and do it the right way. Yeah. One gigantic question mark at the moment. Mm. <laughs> Only time can tell. Is there anything else anybody wants to add? I think I'm done. I think I've ran it enough. Today. <laughs> 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 well, I guess we'll say that's a wrap then. Well, I see boats in the water. Until next drinking time. A beer, there's a seafood festival going on down here. It's not on the beach, but there's a plenty of light. Provided by my briefcase, I threw in the fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the temperatures. 78 as I watch you strip down to your bikini, it's great. Music for the soul is being played in the night. While fireworks go off in the evening sky, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We go from country to beach, from highway to road. When will this night? Pop!
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.